In this episode of The Phantom Jukebox, in part one of this two-part series, we get initiated into the Source family cult. What started as simple meditations would grow into a group of dedicated followers, Father Yoda sending to Godhood, and the forming of a sweet family band. And we're live. Welcome to the Phantom Jukebox. I'm Ty Lindsay. And I'm Joseph Shannon. And we are two musicians that dive into the world of music. They're, mu- they're myths. Myths. They're myths. They're conspiracies. Myths. Bizarre music history. <laughs> I just need to do it in a voice every time and I'll nail it. You're almost, yeah. You, just different, Matt, different impersonation. <laughs> di- Matthew McConaughey of different moods. <laughs> no, you almost did it as Harry Carey from SNL. <laughs> Hi, everyone. We're going to look at the best of bizarre history. <laughs> There's a friend of mine, uh, Jordan, uh, who's a voice actor. He's very, very good at Harry Carey. Oh. Hey, everyone. <laughs> Will Ferrell's Harry Carey. It's not what he really sounds like. But anyway, uh, thank you, everybody, for checking us out. You can check out our back catalog on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Good Pods. Uh, Samsung Free, I think, is a new one that's come out that we're on as well oh we're doing really well on samsung free uh i shout out to all those listen to us on samsung free hey thank you thank you for checking us out um appreciate it especially our mayhem episode really our halloween special and like a season finale of uh season one really is 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 still doing really really well but um if any of those uh, streaming platforms have like a a rating feature or you know stars or anything like that you know use it give us like five stars tell us how you feel about it any ideas you might have for future uh you know future topics whether it be people of interest or a crazy story you've heard we'll check into it we might use it so but it would really help us out on the back end it really means a lot and for other indie podcasters as well it it's like youtube the more interaction you get, the further you kind of, you know. Yeah, you get pushed. You get pushed up in the list. And you can, like, you know, grow the audience that way. Which is weird. Like, the more people see you, the more people will see you. I, yeah. Yeah. Help us out on the social medias, too. We got the Twitters, the Facebook, the Instagrams, TikToks, or YouTubes. We got a Christmas episode, I think, on the on the YouTube. Pretty good one. Yeah, I still got our our back catalog's not quite up on there yet, but I'm working on that. Yeah, the Halloween special's up on there. If I I love that you searched Phantom Jukebox one word on most anything, and you'll come up with Phantom Jukebox. We're on there, baby. Oh yeah, we're on there. Google us on the Samsung Freeze. Samsung Freeze. <laughs> um, so I guess we'll start off by saying we're actually. Uh, this is an introduction to a mini series that we're going to be doing on cults. Oh, I love cults. Oh, boy. We know you guys love cults. That's why we do it. I'm so tempted to do this whole thing as Harry. <laughs> Hi, everyone. We're going to be studying cults. <laughs> Would you eat the moon if it was made out of green cheese? <laughs> oh, man. That's such a great bit. 
but we're going to be doing a mini series on uh, cults, you know, especially the musical, like how they used music to draw people into these cults. Ah. Because it was a way, and we're going to actually, uh, starting with the source cult and Father Yod as we get into uh, with, you know, this part one of uh, a two-parter on them. We're going to find out um, mainly in this one what what the source cult was and then in part two we're going to find out really how they used music and like what their goals were okay okay and they had a sweet sweet band they used hey mickey and it really just brings you into the oh, cult experience oh you're gonna pray for hey mickey <laughs> at the end of this uh well at the end of this two-parter it's i have clips i have i have clips audio it's it's gonna, it's gonna be hurt. It's gonna be hurtful. You, or this may test our friendship for me putting you through this. But um, <laughs> with how well the Manson, uh, the Manson trilogy, essentially that, that we did, that was fun on Helter Kelter back in season one. Um, we, it, it's, it's darkly fascinating uh, to study this stuff. So uh, it's one of the reasons we're gonna be doing kind of a stretch of these. Like we're gonna do a couple of these in a row for this season. Um. We're, we're going to kind of get into like uh, one of the ways it's used to like basically train people's brains oh. and like rewire basically in, in some cases, maybe as far as like, you know, kind of hypnotizing, but definitely a real form of like brainwashing to get people to kind of like loosen their guards and then join. If, if you play Hey Mickey backwards, it says Hail Satan. <laughs> I really want to, it really makes me want to talk in like a, a Southern like conspiracist type of voice and what do they sound like and what is their name <laughs> floyd i'm floyd. floyd and you know if you put that tinfoil on your head it means aliens can't get to you it means like you can't use their golds their special gold serum to seep into your brain <laughs> but uh another thing uh that is kind of a common trope that we've seen kind of from cult leader to cult leader and, and uh we learned definitely with manson is like they they either have aspirations to be rock stars or they want that appeal. Oh, yeah. They want to be adored and looked at the same way. Manson literally wanted to be a rock, you know, a musician, maybe not a rock star, but he was going for that folksy singer-songwriter thing, even had the support of a few of the, the, uh, the Beach Boy members, uh, which I think they severely regretted later <laughs> on. <laughs> and he has credit. And uh, there's a song that Mar that Marilyn that uh, Charles Manson wrote that got reworked, and it's kind of the only version of the music industry stealing from a singer, a songwriter, and I'm me being okay with it. <laughs> I'm pretty okay with him stealing from uh, Charles Manson. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna steal from somebody in the music industry, that's the right guy. Yeah, why not a why not a horrible racist cultist or any of mayhem. You wouldn't want to steal anything from Mayhem. That's the thing, though. You maybe just bury it in the yard or lock Rework it. Rework it to like barbershop quartet. Yeah, kind of. Put it in a major key. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no, there's a song the Beach Boys actually wrote. And it's not one of their major ones, but they changed the name and a couple of things to like make it just a little different enough to where not they didn't have to put him on the writing credits. Mm. But they straight up used one of his songs. Wow. Pretty fantastic. So. Kind of him being our, uh, you know, being the Charles Manson, the Helter Skelter situation, uh, kind of beginning this road for us. Where this is going to be a, this is going to be a ride for season two. And I what like a way it. to start with the Source Cult, 
and Father Yod. Oh, Father Yod. Father Yod, spelled Y-O-D. Joe, how much do you know, or have you ever even heard of, Father Yod in the Source Gold? Father Yod. Well, Father Yod is at my, uh, uh, my family reunion just a couple months back. You know, he brought the casserole, and uh, he's a real good cornhole player. I think you're going to find that rather difficult by the end of part two. <laughs> um, I don't know anything about Father Yod or the Source Cult. Well, the Source Cult is not one of like your major one. Like, it's not one of the major ones that come up. But definitely, if you were to like read into the cults of the '60s, because that was, I mean, Manson was in the earlier part of the '60s. Uh, the Source Cult kind of bled into the '70s. It was a big part of like the hippie movement and basically to step away from conservative conventional ideas. And a lot of these people like Father Yod, who we're going to learn about, really either actively took advantage of it or started something that may have maybe was more on the innocent side and then definitely turned south. I don't necessarily think that's Father Yod's case because I think he was kind of predatory from the go. But. I don't think he meant for it in the beginning, or he didn't know how it was going to grow the way it did. Okay. I'm strapped in. I'm ready for this. <laughs> he is a trip. And for the, for the record, he has a regular name. Like his, uh, his name is actually Charles James. Uh, <laughs> not, not far. James. Not far. His name is uh, James Edward Baker. And I'll be, I will be referring to him as Father Yod the whole time. Okay. Just to save the confusion. But I will also say this is when he starts calling himself Yod. Is he the type of person that would, in a, in a pretentious voice, go like, call me Edward? It's a little worse than that. Mm. Uh, so Yod, actually, I can't. I'm not going to say that yet. <laughs> okay, okay. That, is, that, that question will be answered, though. Okay. But I can't answer it don't, just yet. Don't jump the gun. It's okay. I don't want to we'll jump the there. gun. We're going to savor this because <laughs> every ounce of this bizarre creature is just chef's kiss incredible material and by the way just just spoilers he's a real piece of human trash we are going to rip into him okay with everything we we everything we were you know we avoided all kinds of jokes we were as respectful as we could be with the people of uh the 27 club yes all those tragedies but here (laughs) I've taken the gloves off. I've thrown them in the garbage. <laughs> this guy is this guy is worse than the Hendrix guy claiming to have overheard the confession. Oh, back from the Hendrix story. It's the guy who wrote the book on it. Yeah, he's worse than that guy. So we are going to rip Jeez. into Father Yoda. Okay, no holds barreds on this guy. I'll start googling some uh, conspiracy theory type uh, insults. <laughs> <laughs> I bet his cross isn't even made of gold. <laughs> so real. So to begin, I thought I'd give you like kind of like a, a teaser about Father Yod and some of the things, oh. some of the things I've heard about him. I don't like to be teased by Father Yod. <laughs> a lot of people did though. So, <laughs> so if you hear, hear a couple of things in the background, I'm testing to see what jokes I can get a reaction out of Dakota. <laughs> our uh, social media sorceress and uh, assistant with research so uh it will we will see we will see um so these this is 
the, the, what I'm about to tell you is things I can't verify about Father Yod. To pretense a lot of the, some stuff coming up, I have hard facts on. Okay. But these things are just insane things I read about him that I couldn't get concrete evidence on. Mm. But they're so bizarre and they sound like things just a pathological liar would say. Okay. So myths and legends of. <laughs> so this is Yo. definitely uh, self imposed myths and it's very hard to get solid information on this guy. I will say that, like okay. James Baker, there's actually two James Bakers. One of them is another weird religious guy. But our guy, the things I'm about to say are, the, are things he either started about himself or his cult would say about him. Mm. So, of course, that's as reliable as it's going to be. And being that the case, that these are incredible things, I thought we would uh, go over them together set to some dramatic music. Oh, <laughs> Oh, very dramatic. Some would say he shot down 13 Japanese planes in World War II. (laughs) 13? Some people say he was awarded the Silver Star. Some people say he was a master of (laughs) jujitsu. Some people say his hands were registered weapons. <laughs> Are we talking about Father Yod or Chuck Norris? Some people say he karate chopped a man to death. <laughs> Some people say that he robbed at least three banks. Oh, at least. And some people say he brought a dead baby back to life. <laughs> what? What? Can you do a Rod Swanson impersonation? That's the type of, uh, that's the type of. (laughs) Some say he brought a dead baby back to life. (laughs) I want to do, I want to do one. Sorry, I got to do one as Harry Carey. (laughs) Some say his hands were registered weapons. (laughs) So, So where did brought a baby back to life come from? Literally was said. There's a documentary about this actually by one of the members of the cult that, oh. that we, uh, I, between the reading is one me and Dakota watched for this, just called the source family, uh, done by Isis, the Aquarian. Oh, which she was the appointed, uh, by Yod himself document, uh, documentarian or historian. Sorry. I don't even know that what I just said was a word historian of the source family. Oh, okay, so true professional. This dude was very humble in the fact that he needed a historian to follow him around. This dude loved to get his picture taken. He's dressed as Santa sometimes. He looks like he just stepped off of Lord of the Rings. Wow. He looks like Gandalf's brother that lives in a trailer. <laughs> he would be like Randolph the Registered. <laughs> He walked through Mordor. <laughs> he walked through Mordor with an ankle bracelet. Oh my god! He he needed to get through Mordor before nine because that was his curfew. <laughs> Randolph is not allowed to be within two hundred feet of a Seven <laughs> Eleven. So Randolph the Registered was originally known as a man named James Edward Baker. Oh my god! So that's Yod, by the way. Father Yod. Um, 
He shares the birthday with America, July 4th, 1922. Born in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, he studied philosophy, religion, and very other, various other spiritual teachings in his uh, later years. Um, he did actually serve in World War II. Oh, okay. He did actually, but... Man, he came back. Uh, <laughs> um, but he is not on the Silver Star Register list. You know, that's something that the government kind of keeps track of. Yeah, that's kind of something kind of hard to lie about. You don't just uh, wind up with one of those. I don't, I don't know exactly. Do you know the requirements of the Silver Star? I don't know exactly I'd what it not, takes. actually. I know it takes a lot of stuff to get one. Because uh, there's the Medal of Honor and then there's a the Silver Star. Well, right? I mean, I think it, if you shot down 13, 13 Japanese planes, yeah, that's a Silver Star right there. <laughs> At, at least a free lunch at Denny's. I don't know. <laughs> free lunch at Denny's. I don't know, man. Maybe your neighborhood Waffle House. <laughs> between the hours of 3 and 5 in the morning. It's a conditionary coupon. It's a conditionary coupon. <laughs> uh, so he would follow... this. So this is later on in his life. Uh, he would follow um, spiritual leaders like Yogi Bahan. Bahan, it's B H A J A N, uh, who has, by the way, some of these people, the, the Yogi Bahan, 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 I'm sorry, it's it's a very Bahan. Bahan, it's a very tough name to say. That guy is has a story in himself. There's stories that he was basically like he was potentially like a con man. Oh, because uh, he had he was had like he was super. He was supposed to be like a spiritual guru. But he was also like stupid rich. Our boy Father Yod r- rolled around in nothing less but a Rolls Royce. Okay, so he's very, yeah. very, very, very humble. Everybody else had to give up their their earthly possessions, but it was God's Rolls Royce, and he let Yod borrow it. <laughs> I don't know for a fact, but I mean, he would justify it whatever way he he would. You know, they always find a way. Jesus, take the wheel, except when I need to go to Denny's. <laughs> He talked really crazy too. I've got clips of I've I've got clips of him talking. It's <laughs> it's really pretentious. Uh, he was he actually was a big guy though. He was broad shouldered, six four. Oh, and in super good shape. Oh, he might be the most ripped cult leader. Is that a is that a board we can start making? I think we can. It rankings of the most ripped cult leader. Uh, can this cult leader beat up this cult leader? And I think. <laughs> I'm pretty sure uh, Father Yod could could kick Elrod Hubbard's ass. <laughs> I'd put I would put Yod like slap some gloves on him, throw him in the octagon. Let's see what happens. Where's Charles Manson fit in this? Oh, he'd beat that hippie into the ground. Oh There's, yeah, Father Yod, uh, Father Yod don't play. I don't think because he had, he auditioned for Tarzan, and what? there is a there is a uh, screen test not screen testing, but there is a photo of him in costume. Oh my god! Or I should say lack thereof, because it's a loincloth. But he looks good. Like this is before he grew the beard and the Gandalf hair. He was clean shaven and stuff because he was a normal. He probably was always a dirtbag, but he was a normal guy for a very long time. Uh, like I have it here. Like basically up until like the forties, he was relatively your standard kind of guy after World War II. Mm. How, how normal you could be after something that traumatic, but um, he did audition. Uh, he didn't get the role, obviously, but he was, if you need a mental picture, he wasn't like 
bodybuilder jacked, but he was clean and lean, and he was he had the physique enough to be Tarzan. Wow. At least like in that time period. And then he kept that physique, grew a beard and long hair. He he consistently stayed pretty good shape for like wow. We're talking forties and fifties. It's like buff Jesus type. Not quite buff, but definitely healthy. Like he was into uh, vegetarianism the and son raw. who lifted. The son who lifted. And on the third day <laughs> He went back to the gym. The third day he did CrossFit. Uh but he uh now he was uh he was into very, he was always into being healthy and then studied health. Like his family was involved with like health food and uh, not. Okay. So that was kind of always part of his life. So he always was like incredibly healthy. Oh, one of them nutritionist types. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and um, I have to say of the cults, definitely the healthiest cult to be in. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Being healthy was actually a tenant they had. Oh, really? Raw food diet and exercise. Huh. You look at them, they all look fantastic. This may not be a bad cult. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I can tell you 100% so certainty. So far. 100% certainty. So far, from the outside looking at what you've mentioned so far. Be a vegetarian? Oh. Raw food is vegetarian. I don't, I don't trust people who eat kale. Well, there you go. <laughs> if that's what it takes. <laughs> Uh, he was very charismatic, which is a, is a you have to be for to be a cult leader. Yeah, not a lot of introverted cult leaders. He was a successful restaurateur. Huh. Like he, if, if that's a word, he opened three successful restaurants at this time. He had the Aware Inn, the Old World, and, and the Discovery. Sunnies. Oh, and Sunnies. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so he had these three restaurants, uh, in the early, so, um, I believe, yeah, he had these uh, restaurants and they were doing well. Like he like he, he was a pretty successful guy after world war two, uh, in the early sixties, you know, all being wealthy, he, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I, I skipped over something I missed in the forties. Uh, he, <laughs> after he got out of the service, he gets married, has a kid, uh, then just gets bored with them and leaves for Hollywood. Oh, that's when he tried. He left them to go try out for Tarzan. Basically. It's been a year and you're only one. You guys are lame. Lame. Get out of here. You'll notice that pattern with him. So then we come to California. Then he opens the three restaurants that do really well. So sorry, I messed up. Okay. Okay. Uh, We get to the sixties and he marries a second time. Right. And uh, this time he has three kids and he gets bored starts to drink heavy uh you know he has he kind of drugs kind of enter his life at this point okay uh he cheated on his second wife with an actress named jean ingram or uh, you know allegedly he definitely cheated on her but allegedly it's jean ingram okay i have my first uh question for you joe yes what do you think would be the tipping point considering our man that would uh, have ended this affair. Like, what do you think that he did that his lover was like, okay, this is done. And it wasn't the cheating. No, that's his wife. Okay. So he cheated on his wife and she, he basically just left her. Right. Oh, the lover. This is the lover. Oh, what do you think made the lover go? Jean, you know, Jean Ingram, let's just go with, what do you think made her go? Okay, that's enough. We're done. Uh, the constant, uh, incessive pushing that she needs to, uh, uh, take on the vegan lifestyle well he hadn't quite gone vegan yet okay 
well, uh, the constant need to be at a Shoney's. <laughs> Shoney. I, I think the fire might go out when you kill your lover's husband with two judo chops to the neck. Oh. And a bullet to the head. <laughs> but the bullet to the head was after, just yeah, to make it's, sure. It's just, it's just a double tap. It's a double tap. <laughs> just to make sure he doesn't come back as a zombie. I read that because that's the way they phrase it in every article. He killed him with he killed him with two judo chops to the neck and then a ball to the head. And like they kind of like just pass over that one part real quick. Wow. So I'm sorry. What was that? What was that last part? Oh, so so allegedly this was determined to be self self defense, and he he got off with it. So he you know he killed a man, and then it's just like it's okay, uh, James Baker. You're totally cool. You you judo chopped him to death. You're, that's too cool for you to go to prison. This is literally like the the evil Randy Savage. No, this sounds like a twelve year old's telling me a story. And and then and then a dinosaur showed up. <laughs> Have you ever had a dream? And, and then, then yeah, it's that and kid. You, and then, and then, then you, you and then you if you that kid's basically <laughs> telling this story. Uh is kind of what's going on. <laughs> he wrote a script and then someone acted it out in real life. Yeah. So, you know, the Gene Ingram thing dies, and then he officially leaves wife number two for a 19-year-old hippie. Mm. And at, at what age was he? Oh, he, uh, he's got to be in his late 30s. Cause okay. this is the, yeah. the No, he's got to be towards his 40s because this is the 60s, and he was born in 22. Oh. I do have our first audio clip of our guy. Oh. And... He refers to himself to answer your question from earlier. Is he annoying with the way he talks? Mm. It's so much worse in the fact that he speaks in the third person. Oh, no, not one of those douchebags. He is one of those guys. Yeah, he's one of those guys. He speaks in the third person and he kind of talks like this because he's trying, he's trying to impersonate one of the other gurus or, or he's kind of like made his own thing out of the other gurus. So this is a clip of him talking about uh, uh, leaving. You know, he's, he's already left his wife. And this is him talking about meeting the 19-year-old hippie. And this comes from the, uh, the documentary. Okay. Can you imagine when Jim Baker fell in love at the age of 43 with that little hippie, 19 years old, what it did to his head? I wanted to know, what's going on with these flower children? Mm-hmm. And there I was, miserable, alcoholic, <laughs> lots of money, bored to death with it all. Yeah, oh. so so because he was bored, he left his uh, his wife and child. That's not someone that you then go into a relationship with, because it's like, well, the to be fair, the the little hippie didn't. I mean, she didn't know. Oh God. Yeah, he's he's pretty terrible the whole time. Like, there's he he never gets better. <laughs> Sounds like a 1920s hippie, like a weatherman. That never has anything good to say. <laughs> the weather's just always bad. And he's just trying to like bring a good mood about it. Again, there's going to be rain. It's just never anything pleasant, but he's trying to like lift your spirits about it. <laughs> but he knows it's just another day of bad weather. It's got to rain so we can appreciate the sunshine. <laughs> oh. Oh man! So now let's learn a little bit about the Source family. I think we've we've taken all we can mm. of Father Yod for for now. Anyway, he's 
he never quite leaves this story, obviously. Okay, yeah. He's always kind of around there. So with, you know, he, he you know, the young hippie, you know, she introduces him to, to drugs and then he begins in his trip into LSD. And pretty much with the LSD thing, he, he has a, an awakening of sorts. Mm. And to, to kind of sum up that part to get into what we need to, he winds up leaving the 19-year-old hippie and kind of pursues this, like, you know, he starts studying the gurus that we talked about earlier, the, the con man, you know, potential con man. Yeah. Bahan, Bahan, Bahan I, I believe that's how you say it. So he, he, he starts to study these kind of people, and eventually he decides he wants to be a guru himself. Okay. So guru is the step right before cult leader. Yeah, because not all gurus are bad, but no. it, it definitely... You take it too far. Oops, you're a cult leader. <laughs> Oops. Dang, again. <laughs> uh, appropriately, April 1st, 1969, uh, Father Yod uh, opens a very successful restaurant called The Source, which is why they're called The Source Family Cult. Oh. The restaurant is integral to the cult. Because it is their main source of income and where the followers begin. Okay. Like where they kind of begin to show up. Because, I mean, we're talking alternative stuff here. Like the, the source restaurant served vegetarian food pretty much exclusively. Yeah. So anything at this point that wasn't your sta- what people thought of like standard conservative values was cool and what younger people were drawn to. You know, your artistic types, the young people. You know, the, the quote unquote open minded people are the ones who sought out alternative things. And this was, you know, this is health food, salads and juices and raw diet kind of things. Mm. And there's not a lot of people like we have options now, yeah. you know, in our time for like for different kinds of food. But we're talking about the 60s. How common do you think vegetarian restaurants were? How, like, how common is a completely vegetarian restaurant right now? Not at all. Not really, not, not at all. Like in the cities, you might find a couple, but you might find options in restaurants now, but you're not like, this was a vegetarian restaurant. It's pretty ahead of its time and ways. Yeah. But it's run by a madman. <laughs> a madman who is very good at running restaurants. And judo chopping people in the neck. Yes. By the way, with the 19-year-old hippie, when I talk about him doing drugs and stuff, yeah, uh, he got kicked out of, the partnerships with those three restaurants. So he lost those three restaurants. Oh, okay. Yeah. But the investors kept them and I believe they continued to do reasonably well, but he was the re he was one of the reasons they got started. So he is good at business, huh. at least restaurants. Yeah. Which is going to come into factor a little bit later. So, you know, the restaurant had all kinds of stars go into it. Big name people went to this place. Wow. Steve McQueen, Marlon Brando, John Lennon, our favorite Yoko Ono went there. The oh, band, yes. Of course she did. Of course she did. Of course. It's pretty much Steve McQueen and Marlon Brando are kind of surprising to me. But like John Lennon and Yoko Ono, it's, it's like par for the course. I'm surprised Yoko Ono's not in a cult. There's not a cult around her. Uh, the restaurant is featured in the Andy Warhol movie, Annie Hall. Like he actually is in the restaurant. Oh, There's wow. a scene film there and he orders like yeast or something like that. Not the biggest Warhol fan, but uh, it's it it's it was popular enough, and people were talking about it enough for it to be make it into movies. 
Wow. Well, at least a movie. So the followers of Father Yod came from all over the place to go to this restaurant, being like being the hub. Yeah. To, you know, this, it just it just kind of became either on purpose or not. It became kind of a spiritual hub for people to go. People left their careers, all their money, uh, uh, all their, you know, all their money, uh, school, their parents to go work at this place. At this point, from what I can read, unprompted. It was just one of those like, oh, this is the future. You know, I don't need all my worldly possessions. They either just gave him away or gave them to like the restaurant. So AKA gave them to Father Yod. Wow. I mean, he was, that's like handing someone a cult. Pretty much. It didn't really say that he prompted them to do this. He will later. Yeah. Like they will actually come up with commandments. But he, at this point, people just, you know, this was like the free love, you know, spiritualism thing, reconnect to nature. Uh, I don't need my worldly possessions type thing. They're people that liquidated everything. Wow. In the documentary, there's a, a couple talking about how they had like uh, uh, houses, uh, like a house, antiques, all their savings gone. It's like they either Dad. surrendered it or liquidated it. Jeez. So their, their lives are over. So now they're like, whether or not they meant to be, they're all dependent on Father Yod. Well, you know, to, I don't know, work. They didn't talk about them getting paid at the restaurant. This one guy talked about how happy he was just to wash dishes. And this is one of the dudes that came from like uh, Harvard or something like that. Those are cultist type people, man. Th those are people just looking to join something like that. Yes. It, it really is. They're, they're unfortunately susceptible to somebody as charismatic as Yod. And Yod knew he had charisma. And that's the thing. You, you put someone like the Yod in the middle of those type of people. You're a cult. You're making a cult. That, that, that is, there's no way the cult wouldn't happen if you put him and a group of people all like that. Yeah. Um, another thing that would get people to go, and that's something that happens, Charles Manson did it definitely more intentionally. Father Yod probably was, but they didn't exclusively say because people had like a lot of adoration. You know, people that are in the cult had a fatherly adoration for this guy. Yeah. One, he was like your your cool dad that you wish you had. Okay. Yeah. That these people were looking for because your dad back at home is the uh, short sleeve button up shirt guy working either in, you know, kind of blue collar, white collar office type situation or he's the coal miner. Or he's just everything you don't want to be. Like, I don't want to be like, Dad. Yeah. I wish you could be like, cool, Jesus, Dad. <laughs> I wish you could be Randolph. <laughs> um, so people looked at him that way. They, were, they, they saw what they wanted, and he knew that. And he was basically like, yeah, come on. Talk about your feelings. You know, hugging was big. You know, open, free love. He was very much into that. And it was not common to see a man of his age, the way he looked, the way he did. Like, he's a parental figure. He could have been the father to a lot of these people, at like literally by wow. age. So that is already very attractive to somebody that's lost in, you know, this back home isn't the life I want, but what I want I see here, or at least I can adapt to this. Yeah. Uh, and whether he meant to do it on purpose or not, a lot of the followers or the people he would at least hire that would definitely that definitely worked there were young, attractive women. Oh yeah. So that's oops. Like, that's kind of like baiting the field to get other followers to join. Cause Oh no, more hot chicks. 
Kind of. You know, there, there's I didn't a, plan that at all. There's not many ugly Yod followers that I noticed <laughs> in the pictures. If you consider the beauty standards of the time and you looked at them and you go, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> They're not all models, but you go, okay, each one of these, you know, were cherry picked to be here. Yeah. Yeah, uh, there, there's a, there's definitely a bias, and I don't want to be crude, so I'm not going to point it out here. But when you look at certain pictures, you go, ah, I see he's that type of guy. Oh, <laughs> one of two type of guys. Yeah, yes, yes. you will, you will notice that one of those. You will guys. notice that about Father Yod's followers. <laughs> he had a type. <laughs> so I mean, young people see that, and you know, if it may, I just kind of assuming things here if you're a guy obvious yeah you know, it's a it's a group of uh young beautiful women to go you know you know i want to go over where what are they doing i want to be over there yeah and then just assuming the viewpoint of maybe like a you know a girl you see a bunch of girls working somewhere like okay i'm a little more comfortable here than if mm. it was just a sausage party yeah so it's it's, it's this kind of subliminal wow. advertising yeah. kind of thing and he would definitely use that later. Like he, whether or not, like I said, it's intentional there. It is most certainly intentional later. Oh. Because he would bring people with him. And let's say they would be the upper classmen of, you know, the, the, the top of the top to go certain places to advertise. Ah, yes. The best <laughs> of the henchmen of the cult. Henchwomen. Henchwomen. Mm-hmm. Catch more flies with honey. The hench people of the cult. Yes. So it's kind of around here. Like I said, he, he wanted to become a guru himself. One of the things I heard in that he decided he wanted to become a guru is that the guru he was following basically was like, hey, I'm not God. And Father Yoda in his mind's like, well, I could be God. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then he just humbly decides, you know what? I'm going to be a guru. And it's not like he took a class. I mean, he followed a guy for a while, but there's no certification, let's say, yeah, or formal schooling to become a guru. You just kind of, in his case, at least in his mind, he just kind of followed a guy around for a while that also said he was a guru. Mm. Like you follow someone around who's done jujitsu, and so you're a black belt at jujitsu. So you've absorbed his wisdom through osmosis, yes. I suppose. Um, it's a, it's this point when he decides to be a guru is now he calls himself Father Yod. We're talking 1971. Now James Baker is gone. He calls himself Father Yod and starts speaking in the third person. Oh, God. So I think when he's talking about the past, he'll say Jim Baker. But when he, if he's speaking in the present, he will call himself Father Yod. Jim Baker's dead. Father Yod is now alive. It was funny in the documentary, there was a guy who knew him was t- that was talking. It was like, yeah, we knew him as Jim. Like, we bought weed from the same guy. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's like, then all of a sudden I'm supposed to call him Father Yoda. And he's like, yeah, F off. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> that guy was the cool. one like sensible guy in the documentary. Yeah. Oh, there was a late, there was a couple. Um, there was a, there was a, uh, a couple that one of them was a photographer that did stuff for the Rolling Stones, some oh, famous wow. album covers and some other like big artists. They, it was a it was a, a guy and his fiance, and she left this incredibly. They were doing great, photographer wow. duo to go join this cult. Talk about people leaving careers. He went on to do some of the most famous album covers. Like they just kind of ran through a few. Yeah, I'm like if he took those pictures, 
Those are some of the most famous album covers of all time. Wow. If you're talking about picture album covers yeah. or photo album covers. And she left that to, for nothing to go join Father Yod. It's not like they have a retirement plan. Jesus. So it's around this point, too, that Father Yod and uh, his new wife, Robin, who's one of his, uh, the probably what Huey saw as the most attractive of his followers, uh, also like 19. Yeah. That'll be a reoccurring theme. Um, I'm just going to kind of burn through a couple. Uh, there's 10 commandments because they cherry picked Christianity. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Some Buddhism. Some, like basically him in his studying things. He's like, let's make religious gumbo and put these different things that I like together. Uh, so tenant number one, the father yod commandments. I kind of feel like the, we should. Uh, the buffet plate of, of religion. The buffet plate of religion. Yeah. Just pick him what you want. So, get a spoonful of this, spoonful of that. A, a dash of this. I think uh, we, need, we need to bring this back for, uh, for some of these tenets. The Ten Commandments. Obey and live by the teachings of your earthly and spiritual father. Love your earthly spiritual father more than yourself. Harm not one of your body parts, either by neglect, food, drink, or knife. or knife. Allow each vibration to complete its own cycle without interference. What? <laughs> Possess nothing you do not need and share all you have. This one's very important for us coming yeah, up later. Yes. The man and his woman are one. Let nothing separate them. Let's skip down to number nine. Okay. Do every act energetically, intellectually, truthfully, and lovingly. Number 10. When these commandments are mastered, leave the house of your earthly spiritual father and do the work of your heavenly father. Father Yo. <laughs> now, if I had to guess... If this cult were to get to the point where I think Father Yod would have wanted it to, I imagine he would have adopted the the uh, Leonardo DiCaprio philosophy that mm. each of his lady followers might have actually completed their their trials around twenty five. Oh, interesting! You know, and then you begin your journey. What a coincidence! Wow, twenty six. <laughs> Man, you are looking tired. <laughs> Is that your? birthday wow is that a cab outside i think it's calling you <laughs> yeah what was the one about vibrations that so there's like inner vibrations and stuff i what? there's no explanation for any of this oh my god so that is one so a lot of the things that they did so even isis aquarian the aquarian um they kept that stuff in-house so these so this is just from one source i know for a fact the man and his woman are one. Um, don't nothing separate them, whatever. That is definitely one of them. Uh, and, a, and another one of these was, so I'm, I'm pretty confident with this list. Okay. But there's some things that they just don't know about the source cult. Cause that's still like was kept secret. Oh, you know, you know, big deal. <laughs> you have to buy their, uh, gold, uh, membership to find it. <laughs> like planet fitness. <laughs> so at the restaurant, um, he began to host these uh, Sunday meditations 
And basically, you know, all these people would show up for Sunday meditations for like an hour or something like that. And then, you know, meditate together. And that grew and immediately blew up because people are like, oh, meditation, dad, Jesus. And uh, kind of skipping a lot here because there's a lot still to get through. Um, he He's like, you know, oh, you live separately. Why not have you all come together in one place? So he no 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 just the nineteen year olds, <laughs> just your girlfriends. You, you guys can sleep in tents outside. Pretty much, he rented a mansion, a twenty four room mansion. Wow, it's a big place. Uh, from a famous family, the Yode Mansion. He didn't own it; he rented it. Oh. and uh, he brought all his followers there, and there was a like there was like a hundred or so people that lived there. On this big in this big mansion, it was a lot, um, and at this place is where, where I was talking about them having the uh, what he was called a spiritual boot camp. Mm-hmm. So there was regimented prayer, there was a diet that you stuck to, like a raw a raw food diet, and um, exercise. Wow! So you're healthy spiritually, physically, and then like you know body physically, you got your nutrients and, and stuff. And then sexually. Oh, yeah. Is that coming? Yeah. Oh, it's coming. Yeah, yep. I knew <laughs> uh, he, it. It's also at this point that he kind of stopped dressing so much like a, an Indian-style guru mm. and started dressing like a wizard, literally. Oh, I thought you were going to say like <laughs> like one of those romance novel type <laughs> No, there are pictures where he's dressed straight up like a pimp. <laughs> I was picturing like uh, uh used to be like Jesus in the robe and then now it's... uh. You know, Jesus in the face, but then no shirt, flowy open, pants. Open frilly shirt, Fabio style. No, there okay. is a there's a picture where he has just got like four women basically to each side, and he is just straight up a pimp. Like a, in wow. a form-fitting uh, white suit with nice shoes and a fedora. <laughs> the fedora? No, like a long the brim. Fedora. A long brim, a wide brim fedora. Oh, my God. He, like... Basically, everybody else. Another thing too is everybody else was dressed kind of like they were from the middle middle ages, like in like to, kind of like togas, not togas, uh, kind of medieval style robes where it's like a long dress and you wear a belt in the middle. Yeah, basically like Jesus. I should Tunics. say they're all kind of dressed like Jesus everywhere, but they all had to wear. They basically they're all wearing cotton clothes too. That oh, was wow. a big thing. Everything had to be like of nature, of the nature. Uh, a big thing too uh, is that they also uh, for for go uh modern medicine everything oh. is holistic oh yeah this is uh the uh kind of non-christian version of trying to pray the pain away oh my yeah oh my yeah like uh straight up uh trying to get in a circle and kind of like sway back and forth and chant until your stub <laughs> toe feels better um which is uh in part two, that comes that comes back to bite them severely in the ass. Oh, yeah. So real quick, I wanted to kind of we're gonna just kind of breeze through this. Um, I wanted to kind of talk about what is a cult because there's things about the source cult that if it's the best of the worst, if that makes sense. Okay. If it's called a cult, it's bad. <laughs> like there's no yeah. good yeah. cult. But of these ones. At least in the early years, he didn't. Um, it, it there is separation stuff. Like he 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 does have people kind of isolate themselves. You know, they move to a compound and 
but people kind of more or less joined of their free will mm. and people were able to eventually leave. So you weren't like, you weren't really supposed to talk to other people, but people did leave at points where things like they kind of were like, what did you just say? And like, they would have, he would say things outlandish enough for a couple people, you know, kind of like a small group to leave at a time, but then they would gain more members. So they kind of ebb and flow, but it was always around a hundred people up to 140. Wow. Yeah. So the cults are never good, but of the cults, this is probably of the better ones to join. Oh, he wanted his, he wanted his followers to be sound. Well, sound at least physically. He wanted them to eat well. It was a tenant to eat well. It was a tenant to be healthy, like exercise. Yeah. And they wouldn't like hunt you down if you left. Huh? Cause he would just like stop caring about you. But he still has like, is that after he liquidates all your stuff? Well, they would liquidate their stuff and give it to him. Like they would basically turn it into money wow. and hand him the money. But then you're, yeah, then trying to leave. But you would do that. Like people, like the beginning people that they did that on their own. And then he wrote the commandment about it. Oh, okay. so I'm not saying yeah. he's a good guy. He's, he's, yeah. no, he's not a good guy. But Charles Manson and then uh, the Jonestown cult and then some of the other p- places, they, literally would keep people weak and stupid. Mm. Um, and in this case, he wanted to be, he didn't necessarily want to have the power over them. And he didn't want to, he did call himself God, but he wanted to be like their dad that they listened to kind of mm. thing. Yeah. The cool dad. It is, it is like a, literally the best of the worst. I am not giving him any caveat to say he's a good guy. He's not. Yeah. But he's better than Charles Manson and a number of these other guys. Okay. That's all I'm saying. But defining a cult quickly, the word cult comes from the Latin cultus, and it means to worship. Huh. And there are a couple different, cults are different, so there's always exceptions to things. But um, cults always generally have these four things, usually. Can I Um, guess? Quickly, yes. Okay, I'm going to guess. Has to have a religion. Um, some form of hierarchy, God type thing. Extremist belief. I'll give you that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, sex. <laughs> it doesn't have to have sex, <laughs> but it seems like they always have sex. It always <laughs> sex always enters the equation generally, um, but it's not a mandatory thing. No. Mm, like and, and, as far as like the official list, it's not. It's not essential. No. Okay. That, that it was, always happens, but it doesn't. That was the main two I had. All right. So, but you're. <laughs> The, the stank is coming. <laughs> Liquidating your shit. So extremist beliefs, authoritarian control. So there has to oh. be a person in charge. Um, you know, a, a charisma is huge. They have to be charismatic. Yeah. No introverted uh, cult leaders. <laughs> uh, isolation from society, which there is a tenant that we just saw that oh, was yeah. separate yourself. But they would eventually be able to like, I mean, they could leave. Scientology is like the most aggressive that I've seen. Yeah. When it comes to that. Um, and, uh, veneration of a single individual. So, um, basically kind of like a surrendering of the self to like, uh, you know, kind of giving control to the cult leader. Wow. Yes. Um, and this, and there's a couple different types of cults, but I would probably classify the source cult more towards religious with kind of there's a there's a sex cult but i think 
religious. They're more of a religious cult with definitely sex as a part of it. Yeah. But it was, but I think that was more of a side effect of the the sixties and seventies rather than it being specifically That's true. That was a big time for cults was the free love time anyway. Yeah. So the free love and thing are just kind of running together. And I think he, he wanted to be God. So I don't necessarily think sex is like his primary thing. I think that's just a side effect. I want to be God. Sometimes gods have a lot of sex. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying I want to have a lot of sex. I just want to have, be I'm God. just saying I'm God. That's just something gods might do if they are so inclined. It's so inclined. <laughs> <laughs> so back to the source family. Uh, they, the, the 24 mansion, the 24 room mansion is called the mother house. <laughs> yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, members legally, in some cases, in a lot of cases, change their names into something. You know, they have uh, names like Octavius, Lightning, Isis. Nice. Their middle name would be the, and then their last name would be Aquarius. So, if you were in the Source Cult, you're what? legally you're. It's the, there's one guy that this he did this. His name is legally now Octavius the Aquarius. That's a dumb name. So to them, they were the Aquarius family. Okay. But they were called the Source Cult because of the restaurant. Wow. Oh. So we're just keep calling them the Source Cult. But in, in between members, they were the Aquarium. Aquarius. Aquarium. They were the Aquarius family. <laughs> um, I like to be inside a, a place glass cage <laughs> looked at from the outside. I do love my fish flakes. I really do. Um, so there's what I like to call trouble in utopia now. Mm-hmm. So you get a bunch of crazy people. I'm, I'm not crazy is harsh. A bunch of misled people. Yeah. A hundred and over a hundred, in fact, in a house with led by an actual madman. I will call him a madman. Um, and you practice holistic medicine. Things will go wrong. Oh, yeah. Especially if it's the time of free love. Oh. No contraception. And a lot of baby making. Oh, shit. Not just by Father Yod, but by other members. Like, there are families that started in the cult. Did they get wiped out by HIV? Well, they didn't get wiped out. But um, thing, they would have natural births. Oh. No anesthesia. Oh. No doctors. Oh. Just having kids in the house. I'm going to warn you now, when you watch that, I was not prepared for this. Isis the Aquarius filmed a birth like the Nova oh, no. miracle of life. God. Uh, and the baby is born, stillborn. Uh, it's rough to watch. They, yeah. You got to give a warning, bro. No warning in the video. No, like, hey, this may be graphic. No, no R rating or whatever. What? They just film a birth. I mean, she's practically got the camera. You say there. the F word once and you got like the. It used to be you say the F word once and you got a you got a R rating. A PG thirteen lets you say the F word like once. Okay, yeah. but you're saying I can say the F word a couple times and that gives me an R rating. But if I show a stillborn natural birth in yeah. extreme close up edition, not an extreme close up, but definitely a medium close up. Definitely too close. Definitely too uh, close. Like portrait style. <laughs> Uh, enough to get Father Yod and then the uh, the action together in one frame. Uh, Father Yod, of course, is doing the birthing. 
He's he's uh and uh push, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh yeah, there were a lot of babies that were born. And this is the story where he breathes life back into the baby. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that on camera? Um, the, yeah, yeah. There's a whole thing where it's like, and he, this is the first miracle I ever saw, man. It's like, wow. yeah, I think he names the baby Solomon. Of course, all the names are given to you by Father Yod. Oh. So he names you in personally. I don't like this at all. No. Um, so one of the things that would begin to, uh, legally start to affect them as again you know room of a hundred uh, house with a hundred and let's this over a hundred people it fluctuated over a hundred people a number of them being 16 oh some of them being younger than that mm. definitely a lot of 16 year olds that number came up at least five times in the documentary oh so no. the <sighs> age of consent in california at the time is 18 yeah and a lot of these young girls are leaving their parents. So their parents are freaking out and calling the cops and trying to get uh, law enforcement out there. Um, so basically the law is coming down on Father Yod that uh, he can't have all these young bride, you know, sorry, young wives or sorry, young girls in the house. Yeah. So he decides that they all have to get married to get around that loophole. Mm. Second question for you, Joe. Yes. Um, I almost hit the awful stinger I have for this. I need we need to record another yeah, one. Yeah, I know. Um, second question for you, quickly, how many wives do you think God would have? Mm, depends on the God and depends on Father Yod and he's an asshole. From the mythology, <laughs> but uh Father Yod uh how many wives to set to satiate his hubris? Oh, um, well that's easy. At least hundred and forty. <sighs> that's um you're actually a factor of 10 too high. He took 14 wives. Wow. Uh, and uh, a number of them were 16. Okay. So just so conveniently, uh, a number of them were 16. Um, original, his first wife, Robin, well, sorry. <laughs> Fourth wife, I think at this point. Robin, because he kind of, they say he briefly married the young hippie, but I, you know, that's. Yeah, speculation. So let's say his, uh, let's say Father Yod's first wife, because uh, uh, yeah. Jim Baker was married to the young hippie, I think, but, uh, or the other two ladies. I think him leaving the original two families was the best thing that happened to those oh, families. Oh, yeah. We in Dakota were talking about it and just imagining like them going, that that baker, that son of a, and then turning on the news and then seeing all this, like, it'll be okay. Yeah. It'll be, yeah. I, I, I can do this. I'm strong. I, I made it through that and I can make it through this. You know, the kids being like growing up a little bit and being like, I don't, why didn't, why wasn't my dad there for me? Did he not love me? Oh, I don't want that kind of love. I don't, I don't need that. I, I, that's not the father, fatherly uh, figure that I wanted. No, 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 no. I wanted a father, not a daddy. <laughs> I wanted a father, not a yod. <laughs> so um his so Robin or this Robin Yod's first wife um was called mother. So he was called father and she was called mother. And she was kind uh. of like the matriarch, right? And when this whole 14 wives thing happened, she's obviously not thrilled about it. 
Yeah. Because she's still following, what was it, tenant number six, that a man and his woman should not be separated and that they're, you know, they're one and, you know, there should only be a man and his wife, basically. Oh. Monogamy. Uh, Father Yod was, wrote a commandment about monogamy. And he did. And he broke it. <laughs> and uh, this actually caused a, this caused a lot of the members to leave. Like a number of them to leave. They'd get more members, obviously. So it still stays at like 100 or so. But a lot of them are like, yeah, but you said we shouldn't do that. You know, like he, you know, people yeah. are confused. And that's enough to wake some people up and they leave. No, no. I said you shouldn't do that. <laughs> Basically, yeah. It's one of those. Like there's always a justification for I it. I wrote the rules. At one point I read that it was like, uh, these are guidelines. <laughs> oh. Um, think outside of the box, people. The the Captain Barbosa thing. They're more like guidelines. <laughs> so, so um, and another thing too, like all these people that, uh, especially these ladies that we're talking about, uh, you know, it was just it was really I was really sad to betray Robin, but but I still hooked up with Father. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. still married him. Yeah, and it's like if you know, it's like betraying our own mother, but. Yeah, yeah, we still did it. I mean, when given the choice, you can't not bang Jesus. It's like, it's like missing a good sale. <laughs> You'll regret it. You'll just get home and wish I should have. Missing clearance day on the Saturday market. You just can't. Ruins your whole afternoon. Weekend's shot. Oh, there's, so, there's so many horrible religious jokes I could make right now, and I'm just not. Yeah, there's sometimes I just let, yeah. You gotta catch yourself. There's yeah. a lot of bad ones. A lot of bad ones. I do like me some, some bad jokes, though. It's hard. You know, it really takes some skill being part of this podcast. Oh, God, it's hard. I have to tell you a few off camera, <laughs> off recording. Anyway. 50 babies would wind up getting born um, in the time of the cult. That's a lot of babies. That's a lot of babies. So child services becomes a thing. And uh, we mentioned him earlier. The Manson murders also happened two oh. years before the uh, Source family moves into this house. And the murders actually didn't happen a great distance away from where they're at. One of the, I heard a couple streets away. Wow. So the Manson murders happened like two years before they moved there. But basically since, you know, another cult family, let's call it, moves into this house, all of the neighbors start just constantly getting a hold of the person that actually owns the mansion going, you need to kick them out. We are not living next to a cult. Yeah. Because that, you know, the Manson thing is not happening to us. Yeah. I so, mean, we, we live blocks away from where someone just had to shit in a staircase and walk home. <laughs> We're not dealing with this, too. I don't want to get a helter-skelter. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm referencing, please check out uh, episode two of the uh, Charles Manson. Part two. That's not, that was such a good... I, we did not intend that, that to be three parts. There's, there is that much information. And it's all glorious. All glorious. So. Um, yeah, so between that and they had an issue with, uh, you know, child services. So then they were forced to move basically with enough pressure from, you know, the government again, 
finding a way to get a hold of, you know, to get at Father Yod, and then all the neighbors getting to the the owner of the mansion, Father Yod has to relocate. Yeah. So we're talking over a hundred people, right? Yes. And they were living previously in a twenty four room mansion. Not bad. Like three people to a room, something like that. Yeah. Maybe more, depending on how big his room was. So we're talking sometime in 1973 when this finally happens, when they have to move. Um, and in 73, they move into the father house. Very, very creative. Nice. With the names. So I'm assuming it was an upgrade. No, 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 no. no it was a painful downgrade. It was a three-bedroom, three-bathroom. Oh, God. A hundred or so people. I pray for that plumbing. Uh, yeah, three. Uh, one of the people was talking that you had to share a bathroom with 30 people. Mm. Yeah. Um, they, to fit everyone, and then this didn't even work entirely. Just floor to floor, people everywhere. They had to make three by six feet. So three foot by six foot cubbies along the walls, like stacked like too high to fit everyone. Wow. So you were literally sleeping in a shelf to be in this cult. That is insane. Mm-hmm. This is a very, it was a very uncomfortable experience. In California in the summer, I imagine it smelled fantastic in that house. I will say that they weren't your standard, like, you know, the whole dirty hippie thing. Yeah. They weren't that. They were actually of the hippies, like, they, they showered. Yeah. So... But it's still as clean as you can be with like a hundred other people. And I could not get the square footage of this house, but imagine your average three bedroom, three bath. So we're talking 2,000 square feet max. Yeah. Something of that ballpark. God. I'm not sleeping in a cubby, a cubby for nobody. You gave up your career or possessions or families, your home life to sleep in a cubby in a tiny house with a sex crazed mad, madman. And he's not even like promising that this is going to be temporary. No, no, that's what they named it. They named it. They moved there. That's pretty perfect. Yeah. Um, But what I will say though, is that uh, the, uh, in 197, again, in 73, I think one of the members uh, to, I, I never got really any clear answers on this, but basically he received $30,000 in 1973 money from a mobster to start an ice cream parlor. Now, if you were, now that sounds crazy and I'll kind of lead into a question I have for you, but um, what I can tell was what I, what I kept looking into who was this mobster, you know, a guy to have that kind of money. His name was Damascus. So I thought, is that his, is that his real name? Or I think he was a part of the family. Okay. So I think he was a mobster and then he joins the family and then gives Yo 30 grand hmm. in 1973. That translates to roughly $200,000 today. Jesus. Yes, in US dollars, by the way. They can't afford a better house. Never in that's all he lived them by. I I I never got a clear answer on that. I'm pretty sure if his name is Damascus and he handed this dude thirty thousand dollars. He was a, he's in the family. I I thought like if he was a mobster and uh, Yo did what he Yo basically stole the money. Oh, because he was supposed to take that money and start a health ice cream parlor, right? Yeah. 
He doesn't do that. And then he learned that uh, healthy ice cream tastes like shit, so he said no. <laughs> so, but to be fair, and this is an interesting, this is a, a, a question I have for you. Number three. Yes. Would you hand a guy like Yo $200,000 to start a business? To be, to be fair, though. He is good at making restaurants. He has now four, his fourth successful restaurant. The fourth argue, arguably being the most successful. I mean, if I wanted to start that restaurant already and that was my passion, yeah, I'd go to a guy like Yod. That seems like the obvious guy to go to. He has pretty good experience in making these things work. But he's going to turn it, let's say he runs it like the source. So he has source-like people running this health food place, health ice cream parlor. So like his you know attractive followers are going to like serve ice cream and stuff and it's going to turn into a source restaurant but an ice cream parlor mm, so no one relatable behind the counter gotcha <laughs> so <laughs> you stand to make potentially a lot of money yeah um assuming that you can be out of the cult and you know work with this guy but you're probably going to be doing it in a very amoral way <laughs> Because if you think about who's running it, it is his kind of mind-controlled youth, you know. It's yeah. Like, how much do you want to make money, basically? Because <laughs> he will make it for you. I, I wholeheartedly believe if he did this ice cream parlor, it would have been another successful business. Yeah, I don't know if I would run with that. So, um, but he doesn't do that. <laughs> it's, instead... He takes the the thirty grand, so the the thirty grand in seventies. So let's yeah. just call it the. Uh, he takes the thirty grand, so our two hundred thousand dollars in America today. Yes. So he takes the the, the thirty grand and uh, turn, converts the two car garage into a state of the art recording studio. Nice, nice. Every dude would have done the same every thing. musician's dream to steal from a mobster and convert your. Uh, hot garage you're not even going anywhere you're not buying a new house that has a studio in it you don't even they say like uh well i can buy food for my people i can uh, get a bigger house to accommodate them better or i can make a sweet studio (laughs) that sounds better to father yod i mean god god needs his sweet jams and i mean state of the art I mean, whatever was the new best thing they had in the 70s is what they had in that studio. Wow. Yep. Uh, and when they say convert, I mean they soundproofed it. There, There's a picture in the documentary of like the control room being glassed in and looking like a control room from the damn Death Star. Is that where they recorded Metallica's Black Album? You know, <laughs> maybe uh, St. <Saint> Anger because <laughs> it sounds like shit. Um. No, but they had all kinds of state-of-the-art equipment. Um, uh, anything you can think of that they needed, they had it there. It was a, it was a modern-day studio. It would have been a really, really good studio, but just built out of a two-car garage. Mm. It was, it was kind of insane seeing pictures of the control room and then what they, where they were. If that was the same room, it's insane. They said it was it was like they were talking about how good the the audio quality is in there. Of course, they're the cult members, but they said it, it was it was a treated room. Wow! I mean, you had two hundred thousand dollars to turn a not so big space into a studio, and they had all the soundboards and instruments and stuff. Like they were 
they were told to go get like gear. And so they went from, and a lot of the members were already musicians. Yeah. Cause they're like, they're artistic types. Remember? So they already kind of had that built in. So then they just needed a place to record and boy, did they record. So with that, I think that's going to end part one. Oh, I want it. I want to know. I want to know what they sound like. Oh, boy. Do I have. I at least want to know the genre. Clips. What, what genre do you think it is, man? Psychedelic rock, baby. Uh. <laughs> what else could it be? What else could it be? There was, let's say, a singer-songwriter portion that was very, very short-lived. I was hoping psychedelic rock and not whatever Yoko Ono does. Because that was also a possibility. Let's just say she could have taken notes or she could have taught a class. Oh. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Yeah, let's, let's, let's leave it at that. Let's, let's, let's leave it there. You can contact us on Facebook. You can reach out. You can give us a little wave on the, twi- on the Twitters. The Facebooks, the Instagrams, the Phantom Jukebox. Instagram is Phantom Jukebox Podcast, and TikTok is Phantom Jukebox Podcast. But fa- Twitter and Facebook are just Phantom Jukebox. Mm. Come talk to us about anything. Yeah. Just, just reach out. So uh, tell us what you think about part one, and then uh, part two. We have, I have so many clips. <laughs> I, have, I have so many clips. This was a. This was, uh, I can actually say this one was a blast to look into because this guy is a real piece of crap. <laughs> He's a real dirtbag who's definitely into uh, the younger side of legal. Let us know, uh, you know, if you were to steal uh, 30 grand from a mobster, <laughs> what, how would you upgrade your three-bedroom house I like this. that does not accommodate any of the people in it? How would you? I like do that? to think that the mobster legitimately <laughs> just wanted an ice cream parlor. <laughs> like it wasn't a drug no, front no, place. No, no, it, just... it wasn't even meant to be like a thank you. You're just like, you know, I want to get out of the business. You know, I'm tired of killing people. <laughs> I just want to serve the ice cream. You know, you're a good guy. You seem like a good way out for me. You know, friend, this seems to be my way out. I'm tired of <laughs> capping dudes. I want to scoop. Mint chocolate chip, friend. Here's 30 grand. Make my dreams come true. <laughs> and Yod's like, I'll totally do that. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I want to be able to eat ice cream. Friend. And not, not gain weight. I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm seeing people die. I see this man's brains on the wall. And I think, I could put cherries on ice cream. <laughs> It just, we just wanted to get out of the business, man. He just wanted to live a, a good life. It's the mobster. I just wanted to dance. Just giving people a good ice cream treat without giving them all the sugar that comes in regular ice cream. You know, those are dreams I can aspire to. But I will probably do the same thing and just build a recording studio instead. Oh, yeah. I mean, that seems to just be the obvious answer. Like, anger a mobster. That just seems to be the, the, the what you should do. Yeah, that's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. But uh, anyway, that is going to do it. Oh, actually, I should say before I'm so lost, like, I've had so much yod of oh. lost mentally. Uh, I need to thank Kenny Grooms for yes. the amazing work he did on the mix for the, the intro music. 
Um, I want to thank everybody for listening. Really appreciate you guys checking out the show. Thank you, Joe, for thank being you, here. Thank you, Ty. And I want to thank the sorceress of social media, Dakota Galvin, for all her hard work on researching this and uh, make, letting people know who we are on the interwebs because I am horrible about it. I am terrible with the interwebs. <laughs> so um, that is it for us. Thank you so much for this. And I cannot wait to show everyone part two. Oh, we got a lot coming. Until next time.